episode 228 of the HHH Racing Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, BetUS. This is a fantastic sports betting and casino platform for all your big plays. BetUS offers up to 200 games per day and live betting, plus three to 400 different props to bet. Use the promo code RACING3H. That's RACING3H when signing up and receive a free 125% back if you deposit $100 or more. Again, free 125% back if you deposit $100 or more. Look in the description below the video player for the link you must use to sign up. And now, let's start episode 228 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Episode 228 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. And boy, do we have a special show for you tonight. I cannot wait to tell you all about it as we are going to be chopping up the late pick five at Santa Anita this Saturday. Also talk about a Kentucky Derby prep with a guest we've been waiting to have on for a very long time. So excited to have him on. We'll bring him on in just a few minutes. Before we do that, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. And after you do that, crush that notification bell. That will tell you when new content will arise. And we have a lot of new content coming up on the show, especially for the big game a week from Sunday for you sports betting fans as well, because Betting and Boozin, our new sports betting show, will have that covered like a glove with host Kyle Roscoe. Also, please make sure you hit that like button, smash that thumbs button. We'd really appreciate it. On the bottom of the screen, you see on my name tag, you can follow me on Twitter, at hkravitz. And, of course, scrolling on the bottom of the screen is my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You can listen to us, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, if you choose to do that. Our power picks. Look below the video player. We had a fantastic week. On Pegasus Day, between the hosts, we gave out pretty much every uh, winner in the stake races. We had nice horses like Value Engineering and Speaking Scout underneath to fill out your exactas and trifectas. Uh, a great week. If you follow our power picks, you know it's less than $4 every Saturday. Look below the video player for information. And, of course, we also have a new sponsor, BetUS. Please, again, look below the video player for that. And then finally, we have a fantastic website, hhhracingpodcast.com, developed by my wonderful co-host, which we'll be bringing on here in just a second. All right. Uh, Also, if you're watching live tonight, please make sure you uh, comment in the live chat. We want to have a lot of uh, comments in the live chat for a very active 
conversation, just like someone right here. Racing Downwind is already here. Good evening, all. Excited for tonight's show. As you should be, racing. We've been waiting for this uh, guest for quite a while. Before we bring on our special guest, let me bring on my special co-host, at least one of them. The second one is en route to Florida. Paul Halloran hopefully will be here at some point. He is actually just getting off the plane probably the next 10 minutes, and then we'll be uh, going to his hotel room to check out most likely some dodgy Wi-Fi. Of course, our guest knows all about dodgy Wi-Fi at a hotel. We'll talk to him about that. But let's bring on first my fantastic co-host from Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco. Pete, how are you doing tonight? What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm excellent. Pete, we got it. We had a, we, we we chopped up Pegasus Day on on uh, Tuesday. Our recap. You and I. Um, yep. And modestly had had a very good day between the two of us, but um, it's not. We, we've moved past that. We're moving on. We've got a guy coming on here uh, that is very well known. He really knows he needs no introduction, but I'll, I'll give him one anyway. And of course, uh, we we are as I've talked about uh, have sort of that special kinship because we were on a show together. They're not together, but uh, we are on the same show uh, through In the Money Media, and this gentleman is indirectly responsible for that. So. I think we should just bring him on right now. Let's the, do it. Uh, le- the self-proclaimed Grand Poobah, if you go on to his LinkedIn page, the co-creator, host of In The Money Media, I can also proud to say you call him a good friend, Mr. Peter Thomas Forental. Pete, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have a chance talk about this Saturday of racing and see the operation. What a great open that is. You have the real-time WTF face when Rich Strike crosses the wire. That was rich. You know, I sent that out, Pete. It's got like 15,000 views on YouTube or something. And I, I got some responses saying, oh, that was fake. That was staged. That was <laughs> no way. That felt real. That was absolutely live in real time. My, my superfecta, everything just went up in flames. <laughs> that absolutely happened. Uh, Pete, you're looking on the screen right now at two people who have graduated from the In The Money School of Broadcast Journalism, as we were both, of course, on the um, Matt Bernier show. We were Friday feature hosts. Yep. And look at us now, Pete. We, we made it. the big time. Well, this is what we like to do is, you know, we believe at In The Money Media, the rising tide lifts all ships. And when we can uh, interact and get people who appreciate this great game of ours and want to spread that gospel, you know, any small way that we can help, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And I, I enjoy the fact that uh, we have a little bit of a link in the in the lineage here. Well, I know you proudly tout that you plucked JK from <laughs> obscurity. Um, I plucked myself from broadcast obscurity because less than two years ago, and Pete, I cannot believe we've only known each other personally for less than two years. It's crazy to me. But I, I uh, sent you an email, just random email, uh, probably about uh, 2020, somewhere around April, I would say, or March, and I was always a big fan of yourself and jk and of the show with the letters and all that and i figured why not i have some journals in background maybe i can help out the show i love racing and i sent you an email and i expected you to send a response back saying either no or can you send me a detailed resume or you know what have you done you're like sure when can you start and i was like wow that's amazing and of course i wrote for the blog uh the full year at canterbury so pete i just want to publicly thank you uh Actually, we're going to call Pete PTF, everyone, just so we're not confused here. Makes sense. PTF, I want to publicly thank you for the exposure you gave me, you know, a year and a half ago with the blog. Uh, that really helped me a lot. And then I went on to do very well in some national contests and 
the rest is history, Pete. But it's just funny how, you know, if you just throw your name out there, you take a chance, you never know what can happen. It's I should who should be thanking you and so many of the contributors, especially over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com, which I feel like is kind of the secret weapon of In The Money Media. We've got so many people there doing a great job, whether it's uh, Eric Solomon, Eric DeCoster, um, Dean Kepler, Nick Tamaro, so many people providing great free content to help horse players along in their journeys. And hey, I'll just put out the call if there's people out there looking for a platform to get started. I'm very proud of the fact that we've been able to eventually, it doesn't happen right away always, but eventually get paying gigs for many of the people who've contributed. It's something, you know, when you're a startup, when you're doing this by your bootstraps, you, you need to rely on friends and, and interested people. And hopefully you feel like, yeah, I'm glad you feel like you've gotten enough out of it, Howard, because I know we got a ton out of having uh, your expertise. Well, absolutely. And of course, I, you know, you, I, you've had me on the players podcast. I've been out with Nick Tamaro, uh, a lot of things. So I really, you know, appreciate the exposure you've given me. And, and Pete Visco, you know, was pretty cool. We talked about with Matt Bernier, your appearance. And we showed PTF, we showed Pete Visco's first appearance on the Matt Bernier show. Oh. And Pete, Pete Visco, it's quite the experience, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was, I told, hey, PTF. So I told those guys and I told Matt, we were on. I said, about two months before that, I had rewatched it just for the hell of it. And I was like, you know what? It wasn't as terrible as I would have expected it to be. So the, the bar was probably pretty low, but I'll take it. I was like, <laughs> I didn't sound like a complete moron. I didn't do anything too stupid. So I didn't pick my nose or anything on screen. So to me, that's a win in my book. You got to start somewhere. And it, it, I mean, it's, it's really important in those early days to watch and listen. These days, with rare exception, I find it annoying to listen back to myself because <laughs> I'll only find something I wish I'd done differently. And that might be the case in the early days, too. But in the early days, if you're doing a podcast, whatever kind of public speaking you're doing, it's so important to go back and be critical about it because that's how you get better. It's getting those reps. And Howard, you know, you're a fantastic example of somebody who is, you know, a bit of a natural with your teaching experience, but just gets, you know, smoother and smoother every every month. And you're always a joy to have on as a guest. But enough of this love fest. What do you, what do you, what do you got for? Well, well uh, first of all, I, I appreciate all that. I don't have the wonderful producers and editors, you guys. Not that you knew, needed it all, PTF, but you've got great people behind the scenes, as, as I know. But we've got some great people that watch this show. One of them we both know PTF very well. How about Brad Anderson? Good evening, PTF. Hope the Brooklyn bunker is warm and toasty. Popped a bottle of Costa Brown in your honor tonight. Cheers, my friend. So, uh, Brad, part of the BCBC crew. I mean, we could, that could be its own show, of course. PTF, a BCBC but. champion in his own right. And as much as he knows about horses, I'm going to say he even knows more about wine, especially those fantastic uh, California Pinots. So we certainly not limited to that. But, yeah, we had some enjoyable Costa Brown at, out at the uh, PCG a couple of years ago. And surely we'll be popping another bottle soon. Oh, PTF, here's a tough question from Penn State Scott, one of our great viewers. Who spends more time on their hair wardrobe, JK or Matt Bernier? Wow. Hair alone is JK, but I mean, Matt actually dresses himself like an adult. So when, uh, can we divide it? Hair, JK, wardrobe, Matt? Can we go that way? <laughs> Fair enough. And PTF, I know you heard Paul Halloran, who's a wonderful journalist in his own right, who I think you're starting to get to know a little bit as well. Um, he's in route. He's actually where you were last week. We hope he's going to join the show at some point tonight. He's getting off uh, the airplane and going through, you know, customs in Florida, whatever's going on down there. But hopefully uh, we'll have Paul on because he's a fantastic co-host and journalist, as you are well aware. Um, all right. So here's what we're going to do, PTF. Uh, unless you've been living on a rock, ladies and gentlemen, 
you should know who PTF is. However, not everyone does. So PTF, we're going to do what our version of uh, HK plus one, not JK <laughs> plus one, but now we don't, we don't call it that. We didn't steal that. What we call it here is 10 minutes to post. 10 like minutes to post. PTF, this is going to be 10 rapid-fire questions. PTF does not know what they're going to be. They could be horse racing. They could be not horse racing. PTF, you can answer in 5 seconds, 30 seconds, as long as you want. Are you ready for 10 minutes to post? Let's rock. Here we go. Pete, uh, Visco, you and I are going to alternate questions. PTF, the first one comes from me on the bottom of the screen, as you know. What was the first moment you fell in love with horse racing? Oh, that's tough. The first moment. I think it was probably as a kid at my uh, grandfather was a May 1st birthday. So his birthday party would typically be uh, Kentucky Derby Day, um, regardless of, you know, when his actual birthday fell. And I can remember, like, we would do a family pool and pick names from the hat. And I can remember uh, being disappointed when I didn't get a spectacular bid for the 1979 Derby, but still that thrill of being around family and the Derby party atmosphere and knowing that this was a, a, a sport that was something special. I'm going to go with that as the first moment. Good answer. Great answer. Bisco? All right. Uh, this might be a tough one for PTF. He's been yep. a lot of places, bucket list track or race day event. You would like to attend. The first thing that popped into my mind was the Hong Kong international races. I'm really curious to, to visit Asia. I've never been. Hong Kong sounds really cool. The racing atmosphere there is crazy. The, the handle is nuts. We know several pro punters who've really changed their action and focused on Hong Kong. Gosh, if we could put together some sort of trip to, to Hong Kong and get a lot of us uh, USA players over there. I think that would be great. And if folks who follow my Twitter saw they have this dumpling day coming up at, uh, at uh, Santa Anita on Saturday. I, I think half the joy of my trip to Hong Kong would be eating the dumpling. Oh, oh no question. Uh, another guest, by the way, uh, someone watching Trish Smith, you know, Trish very well has boy, she done well in, the, in those horse player happy hour contests. I mean, she was sort of an amateur kind of player. She watched our show. I know she's a big fan of yourself. Uh, PTF, she, talk about a celebration story. Trish is an outstanding contest player. I've seen her name on leaderboards and been very impressed, and I'm always happy when I see her name in the comments. Howard, this is terrible. My child is screaming upstairs. I will be right back. No I'm going to you filibuster. I'll be right back in one no minute. No worries. No worries. All right, so that's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, PTF, I believe, is, is, is on his own. He's single parenting tonight. He has a wonderful wife, but she's not home. So uh, <laughs> PTF mentioned that might happen. Got to take care of the kids. Uh, Barton, he's, he's got a great uh, daughter, Perrin is her name. Um, I, oh, I don't – oh, boy. I'm in fourth grade, somewhere around there, maybe. Yeah, around fourth grade, I think third grade. Um, have had the pleasure of meeting her a few times. Pete, as we wait for, um, as we wait for PTF, yeah, I don't know if I've actually asked you. What's your what's your bucket list or uh, event or track you you like to go to? Honestly, mine is mine is is pretty it's pretty wide open because I've never still never been to the Derby, so I'd love to do that. Obviously, I ha <clears throat> excuse me, I had tickets booked the year it was canceled, so I was ready to go for the first time in my life fi finally, and it got canceled, of course. So between that and a Breeders' Cup, most likely I'd like to go to either Del Mar or Santa Anita. <laughs> for a breeder's cup just because I wanted to be out West. Yeah. Those, those are great answers. Uh, PTF, everything. Okay. 
Sounds I think good. so. I think so. Perrin may come and join us here for a minute. We had a little Perfect. technology problem, but we're going to get it fixed as soon as the show's over. I'll start working on it now a little bit too. But where were okay. we in the questions? Well, so we're going to the next one. We were talking about bucket lists. You mentioned Hong Kong. I've got the next question. Favorite track on which to wager, PTF? Oh, that's a good question. I love Saratoga when I'm dialed in. I've had some of my best runs there. It's so hard these days to do the 100% job because of all the distractions. But I still think some of my best, many of my best wagering memories are there. And I, I, I absolutely do love it when I'm in the right uh, vein of form up there. So we'll go, with, we'll go with the home team on that one. There we go. Pete? Most exciting race you've witnessed in person. First thing that popped to mind was uh, was Rachel in the Woodward. I mean, it was just nuts. I'd never, you know, even on a Travers Day, felt the Saratoga Grandstand rock quite like that. I mean, obviously, Farrow was a similar deal, but we were actually watching in the paddock bar that day. So I didn't get that same visceral experience I had watching Rachel at the 316th pole. And from there, it looks for all the world like she's going to get run down. And that, and that just the fact that she was so game and the, the, just the like joy and positive energy in that building that day when she somehow managed to hang on. I think that was my favorite in-person race. And it, it'll take some topping. I'm still getting some chills. Raising the rafters at the spa. I mean, <laughs> yes. they're going to have so many great calls, but that, that is my top three, that call, Pete. That was just unbelievable. Uh, Pete Visco, or is this uh, mine? That's actually, you. that's yours. Mine. A horizontal or vertical player, uh, PTF. So interesting because I am a horizontal player, but I really feel like in this day and age, there is a logic in this world where so much of the handle is made up of the computer assisted wagering that it makes sense to start playing fewer races, not necessarily trying to beat computers over a five race pick five sequence or a six race sequence, but to just find that one spot where you feel like you've got some proprietary knowledge and just dive in, in that one spot and just have to, you know, and I do think I have a skill when it comes to um, race design and those kind of techniques. And, and that can really help you when you, when you have one situation that you have to be right in, it just, I, I think in the modern game, it, it's an easier way to go. I mean, easier is the wrong word, but like maybe a more efficient way to go than trying to be right five or six times in a row in these markets that are just so darn efficient because of all that computer money. So it's funny. I'm in the process maybe of reevaluating and changing that. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, and regular listeners will, and viewers will know this, I, you know, it's uh, horizontals are what I'm, I'm very much drawn to them. I'm just not sure there's a hell of a lot of equity in them with the notable exception of the coast to coast bet that I'm really excited about. PTF, I cannot agree with you more. I talked about this on our show on Monday where I'm sort of a little bit of a slump with pick fours and fives because they're just so damn hard to hit. And the old Marshall Graham pick one is never <laughs> a bad thing. Never a bad thing to do, right, PTF? Um, all right, let's go on to the next question. This is for, uh, from Pete Visco. Current, fa- current favorite drink or liquor? Ooh, what a good question. The first thing that popped into mind was I've been loving this brewery that's right in Gowanus, uh, about 10-minute walk from me, Wild East. They make these wonderful um, Czech-style pilsners and other lagers. That has been a go-to. You know, obviously, I'm a big whiskey fan. We've got our uh, In the Money whiskeys back here and around the holidays. I was, you know, alternating between various bourbons and ryes and and scotches. But the the go-to in uh, 2023 has been a Wild East beer. Terrific. Um, 
We have someone waiting in the green room. Um, the person waiting in the background, when you're ready, just go ahead and give us a thumbs up and we'll, we'll bring you on. Um, next question is from, for uh, me, and that is, most beloved athlete growing up, PTF. Fun one for sure. I was a huge fan of – it was weird because I don't have a particular affection for either of these teams these days. But I loved the Orioles growing up. I loved Jim Palmer. I had like every Jim Palmer baseball card ever. But it's a dead heat with um, that my, my affection I had in the you know when I was 10 years old for the Dolphins. And Dan Marino is another guy who I just uh, – was absolutely crazy about. So it would be, would be, I'm going to call it a dead heat between Palmer and Marino. Good athletes. Let's bring on just, uh, just arrived from Florida with dodgy Wi-Fi or PTF. You know, the old dodgy uh, oh, yeah. hotel Wi-Fi. We'll see her goes. We had not only have an award-winning journalist right now on the screen, New York times bestseller Eclipse award winner, blah, blah, blah. I know PTF doesn't want me to go on and on. How about another recent award winner, PTF honorable mention, for the Eclipse Awards from the Saratoga Special, our co-host, and also from the great Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran. Paul, how's the flight? <laughs> there it is. Couldn't have been any smoother. <laughs> Paul, can you hear us okay? Yes. Can you uh, hear me? Here we go. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, we got you. It's just a little we'll, – we'll move on. There's to a lag. There's a dodgy hotel Wi-Fi lag, but you, but you look You good. know it, Pete. We'll get to it. <laughs> Uh, uh, Paul, we're in the middle of the uh, 10 minutes to post. Paul, you can ask the next question on the bottom of the screen to PTF. Oh, it's, it's a good one. Who were you the most nervous or anxious to interview? A few different ways I could go with this. I was actually pretty darn nervous interviewing Southside Johnny when I had him on the show just because – you know, it, it, it was like somebody who my dad had interviewed so many times. So I think I felt like a little added pressure interviewing somebody that my dad had interviewed. The most nervous I ever was doing public speaking was actually out in Arizona because I felt like, like that was such an important topic when we were talking about, you know, the core customer and what the core customer wants and what the industry needs to do for the core customer. And I just felt like I was in this funny position where, you know, so many of these industry powerhouses are clients and are so important to me on that level. And I'm usually talking to them and pitching them. And then here I am in this room telling them everything they're doing wrong. So it was, it was not an easy spot and I felt it. But I think Marshall and I, Marshall Graham and I were able to get the important messages home and nobody pulled out of any deals. So we're going to call it a win. <laughs> For those of you that don't always refer to he's the, the National Racing Symposium they have in Arizona. Uh, I'd like to go there at some point. Uh, guys, I have to ask PTF this question. Best advice you can give podcast hosts like me regarding delivery, preparation and presentation, etc. I've just uh, put a lot into planning, really, trying to think of the guests that your audience really wants to see and just focus on providing great content and getting the reps to deliver it smoothly. I, I do think it's a mistake. It's, it's hard because it's a balance. You don't want to come in and be over scripted and too stiff and something that somebody would, you know, confuse with uh, polished media. That's not the charm of podcasts and YouTube shows, but at the same time, you don't want to fly completely by the seat of your pants and be unprofessional. So you want to try to sit in the pocket um, and I think the right kind of preparation in terms of the guests and what you want to talk about and having a little bit of a roadmap um, can really make a very, very big difference. 
Well, I will say it, it you know, it, you mentioned my teaching and it, it's sort of natural for me to come on and talk and explain. And th- there is a, there is a, a skill to that, but doing a podcast, I remember, I appreciate the information you gave me. I didn't know what StreamYard was and all this. I had no <laughs> idea. I mean, I was, I was doing zoom calls. I mean, it was a complete freaking disaster. When I look back on it, there's a lot to it behind the scenes. And you have a lot of great people, PTF behind the scenes. And I know, um, Pete Visco and Paul, they know how much work that goes into creating just one show with the banners and et cetera. It's just, it's a lot of work, but it's definitely a labor of love. Paul Halloran, you get the last question. And this is a per- very appropriate for PTF tonight. Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with the hats? The genesis of that style for you. It's pure accident. Well, there's two things to it. It, it, The real, the reality is it's pure accident. When I started working for daily racing form, they asked me for a headshot. The closest thing I had to a headshot, I was wearing a hat, like a straw, you know, sun hat kind of thing. And so at the time I was not wearing hats all the time, but it was in the picture. And then everywhere I went, every appearance for DRF, just going into the office, anytime I was a racetrack, Everyone who saw me, where's the hat? Where's the hat? Where's the hat? So I decided like, all right, they want the hat. I'll give them the hat. It's like become part of the brand. And then the fact that, you know, I'm not dealing with a whole lot of hair up here. It just, you know, it was like we solve a couple of problems. We, we all know that. We're actually, we're well, the three of us are the same age. And then Paul's got us by a few years. But we, we all... <laughs> We all get that. It works real well for you, PTF. And of course, the famous logo with the with the, uh, the the fro, which yeah, now we're not really as big now. Uh, Matt Miller, who couldn't be watching the show live tonight, but he's gonna he's gonna be watching the show later. I apparently had a little bit of influence on that logo. He told me that uh, that at some point. So I know he had uh, he had some input in that as well. All right, PTF. Let, let's get on to what we're really here for, which is the racing now. Uh, here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go through pretty quickly the late pick five. Before we do that, uh, I want to talk about the Robert uh, B. Lewis stakes. And I was going to go through the race and show the PPs. And PTF, unfortunately, I think the story, I know Paul, I know Paul, Paul's going to, Paul's itching to talk about it. Unfortunately, uh, Pete, I think one of the main stories here is I show the field and it's race three. It's one, it's a derby. Don't blink or you might miss the field. Yeah, I know. People are like, Howard, keep scrolling down. There's more. No, there are not more horses. PTF, in all seriousness, I don't want to go on too long about this, but uh, there were 16 nominations here. 16. 14 were Baffert. Two were Peter Miller. There's only four horses running. Let me just give my two cents, then I'll let you expound PTF, and then we'll move on, really. We don't I, need can, do it. I can do it in a sentence, though, but you go You go first. Okay. No, no, please. You're the, you're the, you're the guest. Go ahead. This, the this year, I'd like to refer to it as the less said about it, the better stakes. I, I have no problem with that. I The only thing I'll just add is it's not Baffert's fault. I mean, no, no, you know, and, and you, can Bob, just... you can beat Bob Baffert. Tim Yachtin did it in the Low Sal Derby, right? He beat, there was three, there was five in the race. He had one. Pete and Paul, I don't want to, again, I don't want this to be a negative show. And I love California PTF. I think you know that. The tracks are great. The people are great. I know you have sponsorship out there. So this is not, you know, I, I'm not here to, to rip on California or San Anita. Pete and Paul, any just quick thought? Um, I guess it's hard to be positive about it, but any just quick thoughts from you guys? Go ahead, Paul. This is this is your this is your department. No, I, I agree. I, I don't think Baffett's the villain here at all. There's plenty of times that he can play the villain, but 
the other trainers, there are no other three-year-old horses in California who can run? If that's the case, then we've got a real problem. So either the trainers, you know, need to get a, a shot of adrenaline, or if they don't have the horse, I mean, I, you know, they pay down to at least four spots or five spots. You know, how? what are the other trainers doing is my question. That was exactly my sentiment. No, I agree 100%. Let's, let's get the other trainers to buck up and go against these Bafferts and, you know, try and get a check out of it. PTF, I will say, I listened to Steve Bick earlier. He had, he had uh, D'Amato on earlier this week, and he basically said, you know, I like buying horses that are 150, 200. My owners like that. They don't want to spend millions in dollars. We can do very well in turf races. Baffert deserved to have these monsters, and they just don't want to fight it, PTF. I can't say that I blame them, honestly. I just, it, you know, from a punditry point of view, one thing I'll say about the race is I'd like to see Newgate do well because I, I want Frankie to get a, a derby mount this year. So yeah. that's my route in the race. I don't think I'll be wagering on it unless something radical changes. I'll be honest. It's not, I, I just saw it and kind of said, eh, I'm going to look at everything else I have to look for after the show is I haven't properly handicapped it. But I love the idea of the Tory with a derby mount. So, so that's, that, that's one sort of positive angle I could throw on it. Well, we talked about that was one of the main reasons he probably, you know, came to Southern California is to get a derby mount. Actually, that's my top pick in this race. I think, you know, Arabian lion, they all can win. I I like Worcester, the three guys, but I don't like, this is really quick turnaround, but I know the three wants to stretch out PTF. So I'm fascinated. I think they should, I think they should ship the three out of, out of town PTF and, you know, run him somewhere else at a less speed favoring track, more conducive to his style. I think Worcester, Pete, and Paul could be very. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Ha, Howard, as someone he's, went he's to butchering, the, he's butchering someone that. who <laughs> what I do. Oh, oh, the sorry, the no bad. You have as your own went to the college of the Holy Cross. Okay, <laughs> I went to college in Worcester, Mass, Worcester. not Worcester, Mass. Okay. I think that was bad. Okay. My, my bad. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> you think this um, is easy, PTF? You think it's easy, Pete? I no, am a man who, I, I, I've, I've pictured right. a few of them. I, I, uh, uh, La Cienegas, I, I had a great one for that one year, and but no, but they still give me a hard time in Lexington for Al Cibiotti's many, there you many, go. many names ago. Yeah, we all, we, that's the famous <laughs> one. All right, so that's my host fail of the night. Let, let's go on to the pick five, guys. On the bottom of the screen, uh, of course, the three of us know PTF. On the bottom of the screen, you're going to see a scroll. These are our picks. Now, uh, I didn't want to hold PTF to a top three. He, uh, he likes ABC as well as we do. So, PTF, if you don't want to give us a top three, you can just give us ABCs or whatever you'd like. Let's go ahead and bring up uh, – we're going to go to race six. Race six starts – the uh, pick five. It starts at approximately uh, two fifty-one out in California. It's about five fifty-one on the East Coast. I don't know what you thought about this sequence, PTF. I thought three of these five races were very, very difficult. This was one of the tougher pick five sequences I think I've seen in San Diego for a while. And it starts with this allowance race, six furlongs. It is not down the hill, of course. It's six furlongs on the flat. Uh, these are. You know, uh, main claiming this is an N1X. Who do you like here, uh, PTF? The Moyline favorite is the number three briefcase girl for Carla Gaines and Mike Smith. I didn't have a strong opinion basically because I like the favorites. I did think briefcase girl, the three, looks like a filly who's probably better around the typical turf sprint configuration as opposed to down the hill. Second off the layoff here. And that race she comes out of produced three next out winners and all four to run back. 
have improved their figures. If you want to show that buyer speed figure view, you can see that there. I love to see one coming out of that kind of form. But at three to one, not cutting in line to bet. Um, this is a race I may do a token um, move in a bet like the pick five because I do, even though I agree with you, it's tough. I do have some stronger opinions later. Carmen Miranda, the 10 runner, another one I liked. I thought could get a great trip just looking at where she ought to sit on pace figures on or just off the lead. Third off the long layoff, great form. If you made me give a third, I'd throw the nine. She's got away out there. Billy Joel hunch play, but also maybe a candidate to wire them with her early speed. Never a bad thing in a, in a turf sprint. Gotta, gotta love the music uh, references. Speaking of which, uh, we got a question from uh, Tom Espinoza. The host fail like PTF, like the One Direction incident. <laughs> now, this Keith was not, explain I, that real quick. I let Jonathan, I let Jonathan run with this. This was not. Okay. I did not actually believe that One Direction was One Republic. I simply misspoke <laughs> on air. But I was on an English TV show where you know One Direction. I might as well have been getting something wrong about the Beatles. So, but I okay. gave that to J.K. when. In the opens of JK plus one, he always likes to rip on me. So I gave him that as something he could make, make fun of me with. Cause I enjoy, I enjoy being mocked on JK plus one. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the eight Pearl glory, Pete, uh, Pete Visco, this is your top choice. Uh, turning back from a mile second here in the States for an underage trainer in Leonard Powell and Rispoli. Yeah. This was one where I, I thought it was a pretty balanced race where I think I was about six deep when I went through the first time. And a couple things I liked, I did like the cutback here. I thought this horse had a pretty bad trip, was bumped and, and sort of was blocked last time. But I also thought Vasquez just sort of gave gave her a pretty, um, I would say, non-aggressive ride in that one. So it just stuck in the back, didn't really move, had a little bit of a little bit of kick late. And what I liked overseas before this horse came over she was two for three wins three for three in the top two at the distance i feel like rispoli now getting on this horse hopefully we can get a little bit of speed up front there's not a ton in this race but maybe a little bit we get this horse a little bit more involved early and leonard powell i had a good one little stat was that um Jockey changed to Rispoli in turf sprints at Santa Anita over the past year. 33% win, 67% in the money. So he likes the change to Rispoli. I just think in a field of pretty even, non-extraordinary horses, I'll take one with a price. Uh, PTF, the nice thing about having you on the show tonight is there are some horses with Euro form. Of course, you're very familiar with Euro form. Uh, he works for At The Races and lived actually in Europe for a time. So PTF is very well versed in European horses. Pearl Glory didn't exactly come from the top tracks. You're talking about, um, I, I don't, maybe I shouldn't say the names because I'm going to be made fun of <laughs> uh, very new. Obviously, Newmarket is solid. I mean, Musselburg, Lingfield, uh, obviously Duvi is a good track, but um, oh, oh another one, Doville. <laughs> Isn't it? I thought I thought they say Dovi. No, okay. Anyway, TCF, <laughs> the European form. What do you think? Yeah, group threes are group threes, and group three form usually fits well here. I think she's a little bit interesting. I worry she's going to be too far back in a race. I just yep. wasn't sure there was going to be enough pace. But if she was going to be eight or ten to one, I mean, I, I have no problem with somebody gravitating in that direction. Would probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, from a value point of view might make sense. Cause on form, I think she fits. And that was a trip last time. I just thought, you know, I, again, it was just all about the race shape today and the long layoff that gave me a little bit of concern. Yeah, me too. Uh, Pete, uh, Paul, you're going with the five. Is that right, Paul? You're five Rivendale. Do I have that correctly? You do. Wow. I love it. Tipping out a 20. 20 to one. One. Talk well, to Paul. 
Well, I, you know, again, and I'm going to echo PTF to say I didn't have a strong feeling in the race is a gross understatement. You know, I always give a second look to East Coast, East Coast turf horses going west. Um, you know, this horse does have a number that can win. Now you got to go quite a ways back to win it. I, I think I did the ten was my second pick, and you know, in another circumstance, would have been my top pick. I think he's going to be probably over bet because of D'Amato and Pratt and Pratt actually is struggling out there. I never thought I'd say that, but he's winning at 7%. I think the 10 is going to be way under bet. I mean, way over bet. And I think there's a possible, I mean, I'll be using multiples, but I think there's a, a at least a puncher's chance that this guy could blow it up. Uh, this girl rather could blow it up uh, in the first leg. It's that kind of race, PTF. I mean, I'm not. I, I I sort of feel the same way as Matt Bernier. I'm not a big fan of turf sprints. I know this is six furlongs. They got plenty of time to you know make a move. It's just not my favorite kind of race. This is an absolute spread. I'm going with Carmen Miranda. I heard Zamato uh, talk about this horse with Steve Vick earlier this week. He likes this uh, four, newly turned four year old filly. She's a cowbred, but she's got. Good early speed. You know what, PTF? There's not a lot of early speed in this six furlong turf sprint. I think Pratt works out a trip from the outside, and and she fits at seven to two. To me, is a bit of an underlay. I'd prefer more like five to one in this kind of race, but I'm going with the ten. Real quick, last horse, guys. I want to mention is the two, Tom's Beauty again. Uh, Tom Espinosa's clearly favorite horse in this race. <laughs> um, She's gotten some sort of passive rides and weird trips. Not really steadies, not trouble, just, I don't know, trips where I thought uh, that uh, the jock could have been more aggressive. I like Pfeiffer PTF, but Berrios is definitely an upgrade. I think we can all agree with that. So Tom's Beauty would be my uh, second choice. Any final thoughts, PTF, before we move on? No, I, w- I wish I had a stronger opinion. Again, yeah. for me, just a token play in the pick five, you know, probably – and uh, the thought just being, I think the pace probably holds together. And, you know, nine, 10, and three for me were just the, the ones who I thought would get the best of it from a race flow point of view. Yeah. I had the same, same call, Howard, on that too. I just, I watched all three of those last races and didn't like the ride in any no. of them. And just thought, even though Barrios isn't, you know, fantastic, but I just think a little bit more aggression with this one. Yeah. And I think we might see a better horse. I think there's more there. Let's go on to like two guys. This is main optional. We haven't seen a lot of these conditions in California. I had to look PTF. I did a double take. I'm like, what are we at Woodbine or something? But uh, <laughs> no, they're starting to run these main optional claiming. This one is 62.5 down to uh, 50,000. They're going seven furlongs. This is for three-year-olds. You see the field here. To me, there's a horse that sticks out, but I don't want to give my opinion first. Um, the, the favorite is the number one arrow, the great for Dan Blacker, Victor Espinoza, uh, PTF. Who do you like here in this race? I thought there was a standout too. I wonder if we have the same one. I, I really like number eight motorcade in here broke poorly on debut was down inside on a day where I didn't think that was particularly where you wanted to be. And just one of these runners where you watch the debut run on the tape and just looked to be, he looked to be figuring things out late on. I just think he has more scope for improvement than uh, Big Hat Willie, the horse that beat him that day. And I think Big Hat Willie will take a ton of money. Also makes sense, but I just feel like you have that one and you have Arrow the Great maybe making the market for the eight motorcade. The problem for me with Arrow the Great, I just thought with the way that the flow and the track was playing that day was very much in favor of Arrow the Great. Now down on the inside, coming in off a long break, 
I feel like you can have those and I'll, and I'll take motorcade who I think, you know, second career start should really improve. Yeah. PTF we're showing, I'm going to show the quick, just the start two, three, five, six are all in this race uh, that are going to be racing on Saturday and motorcade was the two real slow start there. PTF. I mean, you lose all chance at San Nita when you break like that, unless you're a superstar, right? PTF. I would agree. Generally, you'd really need the race shape to go in your favor. And you could see, I mean, this, this is part of why I like the fact that this horse still finishes because because he gets used to get a little bit into the race there. So this horse really made two moves. And, you know, that's the kind of thing when you see on debut, you, you can pr pump some blue sky in for what they're going to do second out, especially when they're trained by John Sadler. Yeah, Sadler's much better. You see him on the outside. I, he's very logical to me, uh, PTF for sure. And as you correctly mentioned of course Sadler much better uh second time out uh let's go to you uh Paul you also have the eight you want to talk about the one a little bit that's my top choice um and it's also Pete's top choice but Paul I'll let you go ahead first this is a horse coming out of a very live race obviously you talking about Paul. the one of my eight I, one Paul one I, I use the one second, but, you know, Blink is off. P, uh, PTF kind of stole my thunder. I, I think there's a chance this horse is way too far behind. You know, this horse went 26 to 1 in his debut. The 8 went 7 to 1. Took some money uh, for Sadler, who, who does move them up a lot in the second start. So I, I really think the one is much more of a board horse here. Uh, well, I, I, I'm with right PTF. Here, guys, by the way. Yeah, I like the I like the eight. I like the eight a lot here. The eight was not in right. for a tag in that race, even though it was optional, similar to today, uh, Saturday. I like the eight a lot here as well. Wow. Okay. Well, I to me to me it's one or eight personally. Um, Pete Visco. I mean, when you lose the Newgate, obviously, and hard to figure. I mean, that was a very live race. So I'm a little bit worried about the layoff, though, uh, Pete Visco, because. You'd think if he was really live, maybe he would have raced again after that July debut. Of course, I'm talking about Arrow the Great. And, you know, the rail is no given either. So there are some things that I'm a little bit concerned about, but I still think this is a, this is a compared to the rest of the field, uh, Pete Visco, this is a very classy horse. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think the horse has been working pretty solidly. You know, a couple that, that worked two back in 59 and two was nice. Yeah. And, and I like the, I like the sort of six fur, <clears throat> excuse me, the six fur, furlong blowout in the last one to make sure that this one is sharp coming in off that layoff. And one other thing, I mean, aside from the new gate factor, Arrogate is pretty much terrible first start, first career start. Yeah. So, and this horse ran second in a pretty good race. So still showed some precocity, I guess, in the first start for us, for a sire who doesn't usually do that well first out. So if he can take an improvement off of that, now you're getting a horse that's maybe on the uptick. I think we all agree. It's if we'll, we'll see the, the one of the A's got to break better PTF. So maybe it's as simple as whoever breaks better, you know, is going to win. I think it's those two and, and move on in the horizontals. Pete, would you agree with that in general? Yeah, I, I could see. I'm one of these people I always like when when the when another horse in the race beat my horse the last day, when they have them on the, the form book, as we say, I like to try to throw that one in somewhere. And Big Hat Willie did kind of have a trip of his own in that race. So I, yeah, I, might, I might nominate him as another potential uh, backup as well. And, and okay. you know, I, we'll see what they're doing in the doubles. I just feel like, I mean, you make good points about Arrow the Great. That's just a very long layoff, and I don't love the rail. So if they're hammering Arrow, I might just go full bore into, into Motorcade. 
If it was six furlongs, I'd worry a lot more. The seven gives him more time, Pete, to gather. Pete, you have to gather himself. And we'll see. It should be a fascinating race. We're going to keep this moving, guys, so we can get uh, PTF back to his parenting uh, duties as well. Let's go on uh, to the next race. And this race right here, real nice race. This, I thought, was one of the tougher races of the sequence. And, I, guys, I have a very strong opinion uh, in this race. I put on the bottom of the screen our picks. This is a really interesting PTF main specialty they're going a mile and an eighth on the turf restricted three-year-olds you see it's a really nice big field there's also a lot of euro pedigree in here so ptf again great time to ask you some questions the moyline favorite is the number one uh san anton i believe an irish bread D'Amato and pratt first time lasix uh ptf you're to go with another irish bread the number four maltese falcon for the tory yeah, I thought Maltese Falcon was super interesting off that off that last race. Did not break, had trouble, closed well. I thought against the flow on debut, finished ahead of two next out winners. The other two runbacks came back to hit the board as well. Um, adding Lasix for the second start in the country. You know, the Red Curve race isn't much, but I mean, I'm not really worried about that. It's just I'm just thinking that that. Uh, that debut uh, stateside on uh, Boxing Day, Santa Anita opening day, gives this horse just a ton of room for improvement. Pedigree-wise, it's interesting. I mean, Caravaggio himself was a sprinter, but right. has right. won, had plenty of charges who've won going longer. And the, this Galileo dam, Isabella, was a stayer. So, I mean, I think the mile and an eighth is going to be within his grasp. And, and, yeah, he was the one who, who very much interested me in here. P, let's talk about the one, and, and and we're going to show the stretch run because I think this is a crucial race. Again, everyone at home, you have to do your homework in these kind of races. And PTF, these are the races I really enjoy handicapping because you've got one, two, three, you got five horses coming out of the same race. They're all coming back uh, on Saturday. And San Anton got a unbelievable ride and trip. And that's why I think he might be a little bit over bet uh, because he looks so good on paper, but he just got a fantastic trip. Again, keep your eye on the three, four, nine, and ten. And I'd like everyone very, very carefully to watch the four because that is my top choice. This is one of my best plays of the day. And I'm curious to hear what you guys think because I think the four you have to watch carefully in the lane. But again, watch three, four, nine, ten. I'll go and fast forward. Pete, feel free to talk about it. See if I can fast forward to the right time. Uh, feel free to Pete to talk or PTF talk about anything you see here with the three, four, nine, and ten. The three, four, and ten are sort of on the inside. Actually, the nines there. There's the ten. Here's my four, and there's the three. Go ahead, PTF. Let me take a look. It's it's a little Here's small on the monitor here. Okay, I just pumped it up. So let's see what let's see what we're looking at. Where's the four right now, Howard? He's right there. Now let me just let me freeze it so everyone understands why I like this horse a little bit. He's right here. He's wide. What okay. you guys need to watch, I'll go full yeah. screen. Sorry, PTF. Let me go full screen here. What you guys are going to see, again, on the four, watch the jock. He looked like he was lugging in, PTF. Yeah, that's super his... wide, and he, is he trying to, like, save ground and, like, yeah. lean to keep the horse from breaking to the outside rail? Is that what's happening there? Yeah, well, he looked to his left because I think he was leaning in and lost momentum, and then he regathered and really came on late. So, Again, watch the 10. The 10 is right here, guys, angling out. This is San Anton, but watch the four very carefully. I'll let it run. You see, right? It's going to – you see he stops riding. He looked to his left because he was worried about lugging in. And right now, you're yeah. like, this horse is going to finish way up the track. 
but he regathers, and I really like the way he closed here. You, you see he's passing some horses and coming on again and gaining momentum, and he only loses by a few lengths. Again, I'll watch it one more time, ladies and gentlemen, and you could say, Howard, you're crazy or nuts or exaggerating, but again, watch the jock of the four here in blue, PTF. He's got run, and he starts lugging in, and he yeah. looks to his left right about – Right there, I looked to his left because he thought he was lugging in. He was going to bother this horse. And then he regathered. Meanwhile, here's the 10, San Anton, beating him, getting a real nice trip. I don't know. This is an interesting race. I think Gene, I think the four is fascinating in this race because he had a real nice close there after that weird incident. PTF, um, San Anton got a perfect trip. This is a wide open race, right? There's a lot going on, but I mean, I'm, I'm very happy just going to war in this spot with, uh, with Maltese Falcon and, and just hoping that, uh, hoping that I'm right, that that's the, that's the form line that you want and that that's the, and that that was the meaningful trouble that can hopefully now be fixed with uh Dettori, obviously aggressive um, adding Lasix. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I'll, I'll bet this horse to win, but I'll also have plenty of picks with this horse as a, as a lone A in this spot. Yeah, I, and and Smart Code, by the way, was a horse Pete and PTF or Pete and Paul. We tipped out on the show, or I tipped out on the power picks. And uh, Escape Artist, who's in this race, ran a ran a blinder, right? Uh, PTF, to, so to speak, uh, for his partners. Yeah, almost wired the field, ran huge. Uh, Pete, like good I'm sorry, Pete and Paul. Anything quick about? I know Paul, you agree with the four. Uh, you've got the one in second, Paul and Pete. You got the one on top, so. Not nothing real tricky here from either one of you. No, for me, Peter, four Peter press up the yeah. four and one and two is as backups and exotic uses. Just good posts and coming out of decent races. Though you might be right that San Antonio is a little dressed up. I do like yeah. the ten with you, Howard. I have the ten and third I, I, right now. But Wicker's on also, by the way, Pete. I think yeah. this horse needs focus, and there's not a lot of speed in this race. PTF and it's JJ in the saddle. I don't. I think. This horse is interesting. Maybe just underneath. Maybe I'm searching for something that's not there. But I think this horse is interesting, Pete. No, I like I like the ten as well. And I, I even two back. I thought the ride from Hernandez yeah. was puzzling, and I didn't really get it. The only weird thing is he's up again, so you don't know if maybe he's just not comfortable yet with this horse. For some I think reason. the horse is a tough ride. Well, the horse is a tough ride. Yes, yeah, he's so a tough know. ride, and he's got yeah. a tough post. So but maybe I'm not blinkers. trying to talk you off. at the no. price. Thing is, I'd never talk you off. But that's my read on the. The funny business we saw the horse doing, he's lugging in, he's trying yeah. to fall in behind the horse. He, he just he just looks awkward. But when he even when he figures out and horses like that, the extra ground can help. I just wish he had a better post. Well, I you, agree. And you want to catch them. You want to catch the time when they figure it out when they're double digit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. So I never talk you off. All right. Let, let's move on, guys. To the next race, Paul, make sure to give you a chance to talk a little more. And uh, uh, the next race here, race nine. This is the, this is the Santa Monica. Go ahead and switch the screen there. There we go. Um, seven furlongs, stake race, of course. 200,000 in the kitty. They're on the dirt. Some of these horses face each other. Fun to dream and awake at midnight coming out of the uh, same race, uh, PTF. Uh, you are going with the speed of the speed. Peter Miller, Flavian Pratt, Samurai Charm, hoping to get the distance. That was my hope. I mean, this is not just a Zia horse for course, I don't think. I liked – I was – trying to just key off that 91 buyer from Del Mar. The two and the five are so obvious, but I was just hoping to get a, a little bit of a 
pace play in here and any longer picks i'd have plenty of twos and fives but i mean you see those those three big numbers for a horse that i think should be able to get loose in this spot yeah she definitely figures uh Pete, is fun to is fun to dream. PTF, sorry, an A for you. I mean, this is a buy. This is a big top uh, for this horse. It is Baffert. You figure these kind of horses don't usually bounce, but she's more to the inside. There is speed outside of her PTF. This is sort of the kind of horse that is certainly moto and and obvious. But I'd sort of try to beat her one way or another, either with the three or the five. I'm choosing the five. If I'm right about my other horses, if I'm if I'm right about uh you know, Maltese and Motorcade, I'm going to be alive to to both the two and the five. But yeah, I don't have on, I did not draw it up on the A-line. I, I again, not a race that I love, but I definitely think that the um, yeah. the three to me was just the interesting horse who I figured would be a good price and could get the best of the setup. Paul, any quick thoughts on this race? You've got the two, Fun to Dream, who was absolutely fantastic and was bet all the way down to five to two in La Brea. So they, they knew this horse was ready. Yeah, yes, they really did. And well, I, I just so Paul Bob Baffert only has one in this race, so I hope he can win it with only one. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, no, Pete, any- I, I just think it might be, I think it might be a case of best horse in, in good form. I didn't get too cute. I, I think he's the horse to beat. She's the horse to beat, pardon me. Well, Pete, I know you feel this way. We're going to look at our pick fives in a minute, but this is certainly a good place to single. It's a smaller field within this sequence, and I know you really like the two. Well, yeah, and it was more of I like the same. I probably like the top three choices odds-wise, so I didn't want to put them all, so I figured I like the two. I'll stick with the Baffert. Um, he's won this race three out of the last, whatever, three of his last seven entries. He's seven out of seven of the money in this race, so he, he likes this race. He does well. I figure if I'm going to single, like you said, this is the one to do it in because I was going pretty deep in some of the other legs. She just likes, looks looks like to me, PTF, she's getting better and better. She's an arrogant. Maybe she needs a little bit of time to grow up. I'm going to show the end of the last race. I, I think Awaken at Midnight can turn the tables, uh, PTF. At least that's my hope. I think there's other speed. I love the outside post. I've always liked this horse a little bit. I admit that I did not have her, and she got a perfect trip last time. She's the eight. Fun to dream. Got the jump. Do you see any scenario where Awake at Midnight, the eight uh, in this replay, can turn the tables on Fun to Dream Saturday, PTF? Absolutely. It's just all about race shape. There's a world in which Samurai Charm gets loose enough, and Fun to Dream just sits off her hip. Meanwhile, Awake at Midnight, drawn outside of those two, could get a, just a beautiful trip in behind. Do you trust Mario Gutierrez to deliver that perfect trip? Maybe. You know, this is another one who, if I'm right with those races where I have lone A's, I want to have. Um, I don't think Awake at Midnight is as likely as Fun to Dream, but, I mean, I, I think they're both just kind of obvious runners, and depending on how the race shakes out uh, in terms of strategy and dynamics, they both have fair chances for sure. Hey Howard, uh, you want a, you want a miserable stat on awake, <laughs> awake at midnight? This was a bad one when I. Saw I, lo- I love hearing why I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> they, they love doing this to me. Go ahead. It's, uh, Doug O'Neill in graded stakes races at Santa Anita, four for 130 in the last five years. That's unbelievable. That's un- yeah. That's it's crazy. I mean, you just don't think of that, especially out west. So when I saw that, because I was sort of hemming and hawing between a couple of them, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll maybe I think this was an underneath horse for a reason. Maybe he just can't get him home. 
PTF, we're big. Uh, Pete likes numbers. Of course, I'm a math guy. We love talking about stats. Uh, PTF, you have full uh, authority on my behalf to use any stats on this show, on your shows this week, especially yes. that. What was it, four for what? Uh, four, for, four for 130. Three, nice, qu- nice quality 3% for you there. Wow, that is, that is not good. Uh, let's go on to the last race, PTF, and then we'll show your pick five and and let you go tonight. Again, we really we also want to give you a chance to do some uh, promotional stuff here for In the Money. So feel free after the pick five to talk about what's going on within the Money Media uh, coming up here. But race ten, I thought again was a very a difficult race and a great race. I love this race. This is the Thunder Road. It's a Grade Three. It's for older males. They're going a mile, hundred thousand dollars. Uh, is the purse. You see the field here all the way down to uh, actually I, there was a recent, I didn't know that Bodacious uh, was scratched, but field of 11 now with the Moyline favorite going to be the speedy number eight Air Force Red for again, Leonard Powell. We've seen his name a lot. And uh, JJ Hernandez, PTF, you're going with a horse that has a ton of back class and maybe is putting it back together. At least I'm sure you hope so. The number nine hit the road. I capped this race without morning lines. And if the morning lines are right, I might flip my top two, but I do like right. both of them very much. I just think hit the roads form is extremely dirtied up. No shot trip against the flow in that comebacker down the hill, a race that screamed prep all the way for a horse who'd never even run down the hill. And if this horse gets anything close to his old form, you know, is as fast as any of these, uh, very curious to see if there's any workout buzz on this horse or see how the horse is bet, see what the kind of market signal is. Those are the kind of things that, that could also tip me one way or the other on hit the road. But, but I like the horse a lot. And we're talking, we've talked a bunch about European form and we've got some terrific European form that people might not be that familiar with, with the number 10 dark shift. This horse won the, the Royal hunt cup as tipped out uh, on the, in the money, uh, website by one of the top 10 pro punters in the uk today rob dove beating that field of uh, 29 that day no easy feat of course looked great going left-handed around nottingham all manner of trouble on debut in this country again against the flow i really like dark shift that this horse is anything like eight to one i'd be happy to go to war with these two i'd have a backup with air force red uh very logical could wire again on pace figures but i think my be able to tell you a story that air force red is one of these horses is actually better down the hill i'm going to use for the potential pace edge but nothing in the way of value i really like 910 here pete i am so and we did not talk for the show ptf i am <laughs> so happy that you like the 10 i love this horse my only you you spelled it out perfectly i'm not going to go through it my only concern is he can't be too far back but i'm guessing the tory's going to get him into the mix more and be more aggressive if you watch that keeneland race um, I mean, I have no problem with the jock, but there was no trouble or anything, but it just looked like a, just let's just run around the track and finish and finish mid pack. It just didn't seem like the horse had any real desire to, or, or the connections. It, it seemed like, let's just get a run in him. It was just weird. He's also working a lot better at PTF than he was um, for his debut. So I think they're primed. I love the 10 in this spot. I'm so happy to hear you say it, PTF. Uh, let's go to you, Paul. You've got Air Force uh, Red. You think he's going to wire the field and then paul you and pete also very much like the number 12 cabo spirit paul let you go ahead and talk uh paul you're muted paul there we go there's a host that's that's old school paul right there once a night yeah i think um 
I just think he could have a pace advantage here, and you know, and I and I get it on hit the road. I agree a hundred percent. But you know, his back class is a hundred buyer, and Air Force Red ran a ninety nine last time, so I don't really see a big gap there. Uh, you know, if the nine is appreciably higher in odds, then that's a story. I I I, I did not have the ten, and I think you guys bring up good points. I'll be using him, and you know, I, I've just this twelve looks like the type of horse who needs a trip. And boy, I see Bravo workout trips on these turf routes out there too many times to to not use them. So that was my thinking there. Okay. Um, I well, listen. Good luck to the twelve. I hope he wins for you guys. I respectfully, I couldn't be more against this horse. I don't think he classes up PTF, and I hate the posts. And I'm I think there's better closers, but he is gonna he's gonna be higher than six to one. There's no way this horse gets off. He should be like ten to one. I would think. Pete, what do you like about Cabo Spirit? And then. Also, we'll mention the seven, who's the other horse you've got in the mix. Yeah, this was one where I'm, I'm spread pretty deep because I actually really like the 10 as well, and I'm about five deep in here, I think, if I remember my ticket. I thought this one had some logical chances to move forward. I like the the two-back win over Speaking Scout because of Speaking Scout's current form. Mm-hmm. So Speaking Scout has sort of moved forward off those races, so maybe this one now. I like coming from that this one's a now newly turned four-year-old, so you get that natural sometimes progression from three yep. to four. And even that last race, <clears throat> excuse me, even that last race, I didn't love it, but it was also, you know, it was a grade one. Again, it was speaking scout, spy catcher wit. Those are quality horses and only lost by two and a half. Now gets a little break. Again, we need a little, we need a little bit of more pace up front. We can't just let air force red get, a, get loose and just go and sort of back it down. But again, in a race where I'm spreading, I put this one on top, but to me, it's, I think it's pretty wide open. Do you want anything real quick with the seven, uh, Pete Visco? Uh, there goes Harvard. I, I took a look at this horse because he's got tactical speed, and he hasn't doesn't have a lot of turf starts, but he is, uh, you know, three for three in the money, and that 94 is not that far off, although that wasn't an optional claimer. I mean, yeah, that was the thing. I, I think at the odds with this one, obviously we know this one has some class with the with that Gold Cup win. The last race was just awful. But then you now you know you got the break off of that because this one has improved. I mean, if you looked at the buyers and it was just turf form, you go from a 76 to an 80 to a 94. Maybe this one now is just ready. It's been working really well. So hopefully you're sharp. McCarthy, real small stat, but two for five wins, three for five in the monies. Uh, dirt to turf in graded stakes races. So at least he has a little bit of an affinity for it. Um, one for one at the distance. So he's one at the distance as well. So it was just a shot on a horse that I think has some class and you might get a pretty decent price on. Yeah. I, I, this is a, this is a spread race for me. I hear you with the nine hit the road. If hit the road can get back to his form, he's been, a, he's had a really interesting career. He's had layoffs. He's been spectacular. He's been, he's thrown in duds. I think, I think, at least my opinion, PTF is let let the board, as you said, let the board be your guide with hit the road. I don't think this is an obvious use, uh, but depending on the price, you might want to use hit the road uh, for sure. Uh, PTF, I know you do uh, give us a, a pick five specifically, and we got to get you going here. But quite very quickly, your thoughts on a horizontal bet in this sequence, and then please feel free to promote anything going on. With, uh, in the money media coming up. Well, I mean, I think I'm going to do, you know, I'll probably caveman the way through with the various picks I gave out and then go back and just press motorcade in race seven, Maltese Falcon in race eight and 
probably both hit the road and dark shift in, in the last leg. And just, you know, if I can get, it's the kind of thing where I might also design some tickets where if I can get, if I can be right about two of those three races to make sure I'm going to have it several times, um, nothing too clever. And I, and I mean, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of money. I'm just going to play it and see if it's one of those situations where if I'm right, I'll, I'll get paid. And if not, I'm just going to be looking to individually play, especially motorcade Maltese Falcon. And then, you know, again, that 10th race, depending on what happens um, and what kind of prices we're getting with the nine and the 10, I'll definitely be going back in and playing that one. That's my, my general thought to how I'm going to approach these races. Well, I think Maltese Falcon would definitely be a separator only because not because he'd be such a high price, but to me, it's such a wide open race. Pete, if you can get like a seven to two, four to one in a 12 horse yeah. field, that will really give you some equity in some of the other races. PTF, before we let you go, man, I have to let you speak about in the money media. Sure. If you're not familiar with in the money media folks, I don't know where you've been. It's a fantastic <laughs> Uh, conglomeration of many different shows. I mean, to say it's a podcast, I mean, there's several shows on there, but PTF does a great job. He's literally world-renowned, um, and we really appreciate No, Well, obviously, I mean, you're all over the world. You're too kind. People that know you, I know you work really hard, uh, P, uh, PTF, you and JK, and all the people, Nick Tamro, everyone behind the scenes. You guys really work hard to give the horse player a variety of things to look at and do a lot of education and teachings, which is what we like to do on this show. Cause anyone can just give out picks. There's a million podcasts out there on YouTube, on, you know, on the audio platforms that just give picks. But I know you're like me. We like to teach the handicapper about horse racing and also great stories behind the scenes as well. And learn, you know, when you have, uh, when you have the right guests on, you know, you can't help, but, but learn things along with the audience, which is, which is so much of the fun. I always say it's, it's much less what I do and much more putting the microphone in front of, in front of smart people that I think creates some of the best content. And, you know, as far as where to find us uh, in the money media, we have a YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcasts. If you describe, if you subscribe to the black uh, in the money media feed, you'll get all our shows and see it there. Check out our website in the moneypodcast.com. Maybe the easiest way to keep track of everything, depending on you know how tech savvy you are, how often you listen to podcasts or go on YouTube, is our free newsletter in the moneypodcast.com slash email. We'll get you there. And then if you like our act, we have our plus service in the moneypodcast.com slash plus where we do extra shows. We'll have an extra show with uh, Rich Averill on the Tampa Bay stakes card on Saturday that you'll only get if you're a plus subscriber. We send around little digests of all the picks, and then we do blowout coverage with all kinds of stuff around uh, the Derby and Breeders' Cup especially. So if you have any questions, reach out. You see that right there on the screen, at Looms Boldly on Twitter, or if you go to that inthemoneypodcast.com, there's a contact link that goes directly to my personal email. And uh, always up for answering questions about handicapping, handicapping contests, something we didn't talk too much about here, but something I believe is still one of the real great growth opportunities. I know you agree with me on that, Howard. And just want to say thank you to you and to Paul and to Pete and to everybody, especially those people dropping comments. It's great to get to hang out with you for a minute here on a Thursday night. Oh, man. Thanks a lot, PTF. I know you got it going. Really appreciate it. I hope to be – I have one small request, and you don't have to honor this request at all, but let's throw it out there. I'd love to be on Redboard Rewind with Spencer Lugerville. Oh, no, me too. I love that one. That's one of my favorite shows. That's one of my favorite shows you guys have. I know you had Brian Nado on this past week. So, uh, anyway, but I, I anything that we can do for you, PTF, let us know. And, again, I really appreciate all the support you've given me personally to help me get to where I am. Thanks, PTF. 
Have a great night. Uh, family stays well. And good luck at Sanya this weekend. Cheers, boys. May you win all your photos. There you go. I, I want to let you Thanks, say Pete. that. Take care, PTF. Have a great night. Bye-bye. See you, PTF. All right, guys. PTF was awesome. That, that's what he does. And I, I can't say enough good things about In the Money Media and what they do. Uh, Pete Visco, let's get to your pick five. By the way, Pete. Howard, real quick. Tom Espinoza mentioned PTF had a great show with Maury Wolf. That's one for people to listen yes. to because it wasn't oh. like a wasn't a handicapping show. I don't know if you guys listened to that one, but it was just really good about racing and betting, right, Paul? You you listened to it too. Yeah. It was just oh, good for it absolutely. covered everything. Yeah, it covered everything. It was a great one. I have not listened to it yet, but Matt Miller keeps hounding me saying, Howard, you gotta you gotta listen to it. So I will it's a, it's a great keep episode checking yeah. out uh that show. All right. Um Pete. <clears throat> Pete's pick five, eight ten with one three five eight with one four six. 10, 11, with two, with one, seven, eight, 10, 12, taking advantage of the full uh, Uncle Cheapo $100 limit there. Pete, talk about your ticket. Hey, I didn't go over. That's all that matters. You did not. So in all honesty, so I went only two deep in that first leg, but I could have actually, I probably could have went five deep. And I think I did on my first run, which was about $350 ticket, which I knew I'd get in some trouble for that one. So I basically, if you looked at it, like I said, when we were going through the races, I sort of singled the fourth leg, the Baffert horse, just because that was a race where I sort of liked the top three choices. I'm not going to put all, all top three choices, especially when there's other races where I like prices. So I'm hoping to get that two home and then just going deep in three of the four other legs, just because I think they're all really good wide open races where you said this earlier, Howard, I think it was a good point. This is one of those where I think you can get all winners under 10 to one and it's going to pay just because of the combination that you get. So they don't have to, you don't need a 12 to one shot in this sequence. You can get a pretty big payout with, you know, a couple nine to twos, a seven to two and, a, and an eight to one or something. And I think you'll get paid. I, I think so. And I think you've got the most logical single. I'm trying to beat her, but I will readily admit I'm going to use her in the pick five. I know Paul's going to show his. I think if you were to single, I think Fun to Dream is absolutely an excellent single, even if she's going to be low priced. Just because, uh, Pete, there's so many races with big fields, and that that feels like the race that you want to single in. Maybe it's not Fun to Dream for someone at home, but I think that's the race you might want to go very skinny just for the simple fact there aren't a lot of contenders. Yeah. And it's, and it's all the odds are going to be pretty tight in that race. There's not really a bomb in there. So what are you going to do? You're going to spread with a, with an eight to five, a two to one and a, and a whatever, a two to one and a seven to two, you're really killing your value there. So I'd probably still back it up because it's not like I think she's unbeatable or anything, but like you said, I just didn't have a logical single in any of the other races. Of course, racing downwind things, Pete's sequence was a nice design. I I knew we had some smart people on it. Of course, course, we know know why. Uh, Paul, Christine Race said it's weird to see these full fields. Unfortunately, there is a bit of some truth to that, Christine. But, Paul, that's why we really like the sequence this uh, Saturday as we bring up your ticket. I mean, I, I think it's an excellent sequence where you can really make some money. Paul's pick five is 35710. With one three eight, with one two four, with two five, with three eight. Paul, seventy two bucks. Yeah, uh, I'm spreading early, uh, but I am including that twenty to one shot that I like. I have him with the logicals. Uh, I use the uh, motorcade horse that PTF likes so much, but I also did Howard Usual one, and 
Uh, we mentioned kind of at the tail end that big hat Willie who beat Motorcade last time. So that horse is on my ticket. Um, I, I have Maltese Falcon. I have San, San Anton, the uh, logical. I did throw in the McCarthy horse, escape horse, three deep there. Then I start to narrow. I, I almost singled the two, but I don't know. I, I, <laughs> maybe now that Pete gave me that Doug O'Neill stat, <laughs> I'll go back and single the two. But I, I, I did think, it, uh, you know, I, I kind of didn't want to get beat by Awake at Midnight. And in the last leg, uh, I like the eight. Uh, Air Force Red and the horse we didn't talk about, but again, I'm always using East Coast horses going west on turf, and this horse is, was in form and certainly has numbers good enough to win this race, the three Anaconda. I, I think it's a well-constructed ticket. Uh, you're going to see some similarities, Paul, between you and myself. I'm spending $84. My pick five ticket is 2 six, ten. With one. Oh, I forgot to ask you guys the question. Oh, well, anyway, 2610, the who am I going to single question? 2610 with one, with one, two, four, five, seven, ten, eleven, with two, five, with one, three, eight, ten. Here's my feeling. Uh, Pete, I probably should single Awaken Midnight or Fun to Dream in leg four, but I think a lot of people are going to do that. And so I'm going to go a little bit against the grain. To me, the second leg is also a two-horse race between uh, the one and the eight. And I don't think a lot of people would single the one necessarily. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot with the one. I, I know he's off the layoff, but I think he's going to break better. Listen, he lost, what, two lengths to Newgate? I mean, there's talent there. I'm going to trust Victor Espinoza, who does not get a lot of rides and mounts these days. So he's going to be primed and ready. I'm going to single the one there. I'm very spready in the maiden race. I know I liked... The 10, uh, Genius Jimmy, I believe, was sort of a sneaky play. I don't think anyone stands out. I think a lot of horses win that race. You guys touched on all of them. I'm going to go too deep, which is a bit amateurish. I, I will throw myself on the sword because you're going to have two low prices. I really shouldn't do that in a caveman. But I just want to get through the race, and that will get me through the race. And then I'm going 1, 3, 8, 10 on the end. I, again, the 10 in the last race, I agree with. PTF 100%. I think that horse is very live. Uh, I don't think he's going to be 8-1 to one either. I think he's more like 6-1. to one. Uh, dark, uh, the, the, the sire is Dark Angel. I'm drawing a blank on the name now. I'll get it up here. Uh, dark Shift. Uh, by, uh, I, by Dark Angel. Uh, dark Shift I like in the last leg. Guys, I threw up the uh, banner to end the show. Paul, <clears throat> Paul, by the way, big thanks for coming on tonight. I know you've had a a long day. I know you don't want to talk about the weather, Paul, but of course we, we talked about the Gulfstream pick four on Saturday. I saw, uh, how do you feel? About, I, I, how do you feel about the weather Saturday? It does not look great as the forecast, no. but Paul Halloran, the sun will shine on a Paul Halloran, no matter where he goes. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, Howard, it's going to, if it's raining, it's going to be in the seventies and the temperature at home in Boston is going to start with a, a minus signal. You're a math teacher. You know what that means. Yeah. So I way, won't everyone, be complaining. Everyone stay safe. Everyone stay safe in yeah. the Northeast, honestly, because Paul and Pete, it's unbelievable. Not really Northeast Pete, but it, it looks like it's going to be brutal this weekend, Paul, in all seriousness. Yeah. So it's going to be 87 here tomorrow and sunny, which is a good wow. thing. Nice. Um, and then Saturday, the forecast is about a 65% chance of some rain. And then uh, Sunday, uh, we will be completing the trifecta on Sunday and going to the track before we fly home. 
and uh, Sunday is kind of in between, maybe some rain. But Saturday, you're right. How the, the forecast Saturday is the worst of the three days. Yeah. But you know what they say, a rainy day at the track is better than a sunny day anywhere else. <laughs> uh, Paul, real quick before we let Pete give a final thought on the show, you want to tell people what you're doing down there? Are you? Everyone knows, of course, you're a journalist. Are you doing any work? Is this pure pleasure? What's, what's your general plan uh, for the next few days in Florida for you? The plan is I am going to be doing some work. Um, if I have, uh, there's a couple of New York breads running in stakes races. And as I think I've mentioned, if a New York bread wins an open stakes, we write about it for the New York Thoroughbred Breeders website. So because I'm here, as Tom Law covered Red Knight live last week, which was nice. Uh, if either of those New York breads win, I'll cover the race. And uh, I got some work to do tomorrow on a uh, special project i'm working on i'm going to be doing some interviews tomorrow okay uh pete any final thoughts about uh saturday san nita or i don't know if you looked at Gulfstream. i thought the benton and boozen uh boys i don't know if you guys saw that crazy appearance at the end of the show by the way but you might want to check it out awful because there was, awful there was there's some weird some pete, they said it was a guys. nationally recognized guy how disappointed was everyone i mean uh, very I, 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 he was I on tvg he was on yeah. TVG. I forgot, Pete. My bad. Haven't, haven't, haven't you watched our new promo? He's, it says nationally recognized right across the yeah, that was that that show. Come on, guys. Stop throwing me out of the bus, man. That was for the show. That's obvious. Not... Come on. I mean... uh, Pete, anyway, any thoughts on Gulfstream? I thought the guys broke it down well. You got the Holy Bowl. I'm very, very interested in race eight before the, uh, the start of the pick five. And maybe you guys know why, but we'll talk about that in just a second, Pete. And no, I had I, I looked at it just just to look at the fields, but I didn't actually right. I didn't handicap yet. But I did think that I mean it's a fun it's a fun sequence. The late pick four right is two, a three year old colt, three year old filly, dirt, and the three year old colt, three year old filly yep. turf right. So I mean yeah, yeah. you're getting a look into potential you know Derby Oaks and some of the big three year old turf races. So that's fun and to have those all in a sequence. And I thought the fields were pretty good if I remember correctly so it's it's a very good sequence but i think oh. the santa anita one i agreed with uh, i think christine said where you, you're used to seeing oh man it's a pick five with five horses six horses you know four bafferts now you get one with some deep fields no big favorites i think this is sort of a must play sequence if you're into horizontal betting i agree uh, i want to make uh i want to make this public um paul feel free to chime in because i know you also uh, may or may not want to say anything, at least or at least publicly or uh, personally. Here, there's a horse, Pete, running in race eight, and everyone else uh, at Gulfstream. Paul will get a good look at him uh, Saturday. It's an allowance race. I'm going to bring it up right now on screen. The number one, come on, baby. The number one, tap it, Trice, and this horse. I love, love, love this horse. I think he's got huge upside. The horse he beat last time in the maiden breaker was Slip Mahoney, who came back and won. Uh, this is a, a Todd Pletcher horse that Paul and I, we talked about this horse a little bit with Todd Pletcher. This is just a means to an end, in my opinion. Paul, I know you felt about this race, but to me, this is just a means to an end to get him to the Fountain of Youth and on the Florida Derby and or I would guess the Wood. Um, and I will say publicly, I have a bet at 60 to 1, Pete, that Mr. Jim Pilar's uh, was proud enough to make for me uh, in, in Vegas. I think I can say that legally, right? Why not? I just said it. Um, 60 to one. 
Uh, and I won't say how much I bet Pete, but I will say that if Tappa Trice can somehow win the Kentucky Derby, I will have a five-digit score. So I am very, very excited. Uh, this horse, by the way, Paul, I don't know if you heard about this or talked to Jim, but there's money coming on Tappa Trice, Pete, and he is now 40-1 to 1 in Vegas, and I got him at 60-1 to 1 a few days ago. So I'm not the only one who's saw Tappa Trice in the form, Paul, and people are starting to – there's a little buzz. I mean, there's a long, long way to go, but there is buzz around this horse, Paul Allard. And it looks like in this race, he's got to deal with the other pleasure, Shester uh, Ken, yeah. whom we talked also talked to Todd about. So, you know, um, he, it's, he, by the way, it's, 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 it's Shester Ken. I know you have trouble pronouncing names. It's there you go. Shester Ken, yeah. not Shester Ken. I gotta get I gotta no, get no, two no, new co-hosts. No. I gotta get more <laughs> two new co-hosts who can actually pronounce stuff on so, here, apparently. I, I did um Shesterkin is owned by Robert Lapenta, Bob Lapenta, who is a friend, he owned Catholic Boy. And I did exchange texts with him the other day because I wanted okay. to see if he was gonna be a Gulfstream. stream. Um, you know, they're hoping to get this horse on the Derby Trail, but I could tell you a very quick funny story about there's a horse in the Holy Bull called Mr. Bob. That horse was bought and owned by Bob LaPenta. He gave it to Nick Zito, who was his first trainer. You know, Nick, who's the greatest guy ever, you know, has not really had a lot of great horses lately. Yeah. He gave it to Nick, and Nick, the first time out, ran him in a claiming race, and the horse got claimed. So this horse is actually... Named for Bob yeah. LaPenta, Mr. Bob, and running for uh, other owners and Robbie Falcone in that race, which I think is kind of funny. There it is on the bottom of the screen. And uh, the last thing I'll say about this race, and we'll close the show. I don't, like I said, I, Shesterkin looks loose to me. It might be it's sloppy. I don't like the inside post for Tabbage Rice, and there's no speed in this race. So all I want, Paul, and, and Paul – Again, I, I believe you are interested in this horse. I don't know financially; it's really no one's business. No, yeah, uh, Jim. But, oh no, Jim. I, Jim had a shopping list for me too. Don't worry. Okay, for Tappa Trice. So, Paul, all I want—I'm assuming you're going to agree—I just want this horse to finish well, and you know, maybe even if he finishes a good second and closes well, that's all I want from this horse. How do you feel in general about this race on Saturday, specifically for Tappa Trice? Yeah, well, you want to see a forward move because, you know, as far as we're concerned, where he finishes doesn't really matter because there are no derby points on the line. We want him finishing when the, you know, you want to see him run a race that is going to prompt Todd to run him in the Fountain of Youth. That's the next logical. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Paul. I was just going to say, it's actually going to be better when he loses, which I think he will, only because maybe then it'll even turn people off just a touch but they won't look at the circumstances of, hey, he may be lost, but it was because of a purely pace thing, and Chesterkin's a good horse. And the only thing I would say is it's too bad you can't bet Belmont futures because I think this horse has a has a fantastic shot. You might have said that in the past, Paul, where I think this horse is a fantastic No, Blazing Belmont Sevens, kids. Pete. Blazing Sevens is Blazing Sevens is your one? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, think this exactly is gonna win. Howard, I think this horse is going to win Saturday, by the way. I mean, I want I him to win. I just don't think I it's think a win. means to an end. Uh, by the Blazing Sevens was in Horse Racing Nation is working more now and is being pointed toward the Fountain of Youth and or 
another race. So I'll tell you, if Tapit Rice, Cyclone Mismish, maybe, or the winner of the Holy Bull, the Florida crop right now, the horses down there, Paul, don't blow me away. I mean, Blazing Sevens is very good. There's no like superstar right now that's sort of that's down in Florida. All these Brad Cox horses and Baffert horses are elsewhere. I think there's a path for our friend Tapatrice, if he's that good, to at least get in the field, right? I mean, that's all you really want when you make a future bet, Paul, this far away is, I mean, we don't expect him to be the favorite in the Derby, but if he's in the field, I think there's a horse that won last year that just shows that you got a shot if you can get in, right? Oh, I, the future bets, Howard, the hardest thing is to get into the gate. That yeah. That's the, the number one thing you have to do because yeah. there's so many ways not to get in the gate. So, yeah, I'm with you. But I I, I think he's going to run pretty well. I, I think I like it down I here. So. And, you know, the Florida the Florida path to the Kentucky Derby has been just fine. Well, and, and it's going to go through Forte when he debuts in the Fountain of Youth, most likely. Good point. So, most, so it yeah, will. It will. The, the Florida that will. Yeah, that would. If forgot that, about him. That seems to be the plan. And if he makes it to the Fountain of Youth, okay, then see how he does, if he could come back strong. So, Well, Tappet Trace has no points. He's going to get two bites at the apple, Paul, and there's plenty of points right. out there. I mean, if you finish second in the Fountain of Youth, you probably – qualify for the derby i think it's like a 50 30 whatever or close to it yeah. so well, you, you want, you want the baffert the... you want the baffert horses to keep winning like out in cali so nobody's getting points well, <laughs> it's just... that's gonna change in, in <laughs> then, a, the, then four, the 20 point weeks. the 20 position will only need like six points to get in at the rate they're going as we wrap up the show uh next week of course the big game a week from sunday uh Ben and Boozen's going to have two shows, ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday and Wednesday. Pete and Paul, I'll talk to you, but the three of us are all going to make an appearance together, I think, on the Wednesday show to tip out our big game winners and how we feel. So all six of us will be on at the same time. That's going to be a lot of fun. The Tuesday show for Benton and Boozen, the Tuesday show for Benton and Boozen is going to be mainly about props. I think that's there's a lot of fun. Pete, I know you're, of the three of us, you're probably the bigger sports better of the three of us. There's a lot of fun props, like how many, you know, yards plus maybe like LeBron James rebounds. Like, there's a lot of like combo kind of stuff. So we're going to be talking about that's that fun combo kind of bets. Plus, of course, the most important question is what color will the Gatorade be when they pour it over the head of the uh, coach? We're all going to be waiting to find out what Kyle Roscoe and the gang has to say about that. But Pete, do you dive into these props at all? Uh, oh, I love, I love them. I bet props on, I hit a, I hit a, a props parlay two nights ago in basketball, just on the, because I was up late and I was watching the blazer game. So I, I hit a nice uh, prop in the fourth quarter. Somebody came through for me. So I love them. Super Bowl is the best day for it. I was actually listening to a podcast today and overseas you could get, props on whether Rihanna is going to show cleavage or butt's going to fall out. So there's some, depending on what market you're looking at, you can find some doozies out there. So, <laughs> Wow. Well, on yeah, that yeah, note, yeah. for yeah, my co-host, I'll just leave it at that. For my co-host, Pete Visco, and uh, award-winning journalist, Paul Halloran, who we are all jealous because he's in Florida. Paul, enjoy your time. This has been host Howard Kravitz, episode 228 of the HHH racing podcast good luck with all your bets at santa anita this saturday take care everyone have a great night
happens if you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast. You're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. 